This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers, and you know what makes me mad? When insurance companies deny your claim for no good reason. That's why people call me. I'm the lawyer insurance companies don't want to deal with. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Weekly Podcast for the week of January 21st. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined in studio by Zarar. Hey man, I'm uh, fresh today because uh, I've been uh, load managing. Oh God. Yeah, let's start there. Let's start there. Kawhi Leonard didn't play. I thought it was uh, to get him to avoid the cold weather, but then he ended up sitting on the bench. Yeah, I think it's load management, man. I think that's, that's been their philosophy. He's got a big the... load. He's got to manage that. I mean that that's they've been so consistent about that all season long that is admirable. Uh, at some point, I think they'd be because there was some talk uh, a few weeks ago when Nick Nurse goes, "Oh, I think it's time we can play Kawhi back to backs now." Yeah. I think he he had a few comments about it, uh, but that all went out the window. And now that even it's January, they're like, "Yeah, we got we got to manage this guy." I think Nick Nurse is a little bit too loose with the media. That's my hot take. Because a couple of times now he said, oh, yeah, Kawhi's fine, his health and everything like that, his status. And it, and then it just changes. You know, I know it's not completely up to him. That's the thing. So he should just say, you know, I'm not entirely sure that's on the medical staff, but I think he's going to go. Instead of being like, yeah, he's going to start playing the back-to-backs. It just raises expectations a little too high. How much do you think this whole rest Kawhi thing is a factor of him needing rest coming off a year where he was injured versus the franchise telling him, look, man, this is how much we care about you. Like, we are managing you carefully. Mm. Like, we're giving you the time off that, that San Antonio didn't. We, we want to look out for your long-term future, even though you're only signed for a year. It, it, it's showing him, I think, at least that even though we don't have you for the you know the rest of your career, the next, or a yeah. long-term deal, we're still looking after you like you were a long-term player. But I think that maybe, maybe appeals to Kawhi. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, I, I'm pretty sure it's a collaboration between Kawhi's people and also the Raptors medical staff and things like that. But... 
someone did raise an interesting point to me on Twitter, which, you know, I thought it was going too far with this, but it was like, his analogy was the Raptors are almost acting like they have, they're dating a girl that's way too hot for them. And that's, and that's, uh, and that's Kawhi in this case. And, you know, they are sort of spoiling Kawhi to the point where, you know, just letting him have whatever he wants. What do you think about that theory? Well, I think they are dating somebody who's like way hotter than them. Yeah. I, I think historically, at least. I mean, we've had trouble attracting free agents, certainly retaining them. DeMar was almost too hot, you know? And that's DeMar. No, I don't think DeMar was okay. ever too hot for us. Okay. No, I, right. I would disagree with that one. I think he was right on, like right in our wheelhouse. That was the right one? Right about where we needed to be. Uh, so, so, so your theory is that, uh, or the guy's theory is that because we're spoiling Kawhi and showing him a little too much respect, he was mm-hmm. like, look at these guys. They're like catering to me. Yeah. Like, they should be treating me like everybody else. Yeah. And, and that, that, like, that backfires against the Raptors being nice. Yeah. It was just, you got you to play hard to get once in a while. You know, he'd be like, you know what, Kawhi? I'm sorry. You got to play this random Memphis game. And uh, I, I don't I mean, know. It how- didn't matter. We won the game by 29 points. Which proving the <laughs> load management aspect of things correctly. Yeah. Listen, I don't know how deep you want to get on the psychological yeah, yeah. aspect no, of no. it. On, on, on what Kawhi thinks and all that. I think the right thing to do is to rest him. If, if, if not for this long-term future, then just to just to be clear that, you know, this season is about the postseason and all yeah. we're doing is looking to the postseason and all this all these things we're doing, rest and, you know, re- giving people elongated time off is not because of your contract or whatever. It's just to make sure we're as good as possible for the postseason. Speaking of which, though, I am more and more convinced that even though Kawhi is clearly our best player, yeah. this Raptors team goes as far as Kyle Lowry takes them because he yep. is the the lever, the uh, you know the yeah, the catalyst of this team. And and like, with Kawhi, you know what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, like even he's, with, he's self-contained though. His production is very self-contained. And and, and giving thirty points, ten rebounds, shooting fifty percent. And I feel Kyle. He can like his his elasticity is higher. Yeah, okay. right. You can he he can he can take your team from like you know a, a close game five win to like a you know a game five sorry a, a close game five loss to like a game five win. Like he has that right. X factor in him that even Kawhi doesn't. And I mean, you know, last time we had a podcast, like you and I talked about like would we want to trade Kawhi for Drew Holiday? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, man, do it, do it, do it, Drew Holiday. But you're not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it right now because okay. I, I think I mean, it, it's not a realistic trade. I don't think the Pelicans want yeah, to trade that. Yeah. But. And, and I think I just I just feel that there is something lacking with this team mm. when Kawhi is not playing, and it's not really basketball yeah. related. It's like intensity related. It, it, it's this intangible that he brings that is not there when he's not playing, and it's clearly evident. Even though we we won some games without him, there's definitely an aspect of of, of uh, Kyle that we need. Yes. And so so his. His shooting woes are, are actually the, mo- the biggest concern right now for, mm-hmm. from, a, from a rapper's perspective. Yeah, no, I fully agree. I, I think the way to think about it is, like, Kyle just knows exactly how to get everyone involved and um, when he can gamble on defense as well. It's just he's so smart. He's played with these guys forever. He knows exactly their tendencies. Whereas Kawhi, again, like I said earlier, he's kind of self-contained. Um, but this health thing, man, it doesn't look good. It doesn't, like, he's not moving well. Like, that Suns game, I don't know if you saw that Suns game. I mean, it was not a good reason to go. Um, but he just, he couldn't really turn the corner against, like, who are the Suns point guards? Off the top of your head. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, do, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. These are nobodies, right? And so, he just, he looks physically, like, so labored. To the point where I'm like, you know what? I almost wish he, I want him to get named All-Star because I think he deserves it. 
but I mean, I almost wish he didn't play and just like chilled out for the weekend because he really, really could use some rest. It looks like. So if you know me, I've been all about let's rest Kyle as much as possible yes. so he's fresh for the postseason. He did get a big rest, right? He, he was out for yeah. a little while and he sat down and in in the you know when he came back, they asked him in the in the locker room, "Hey man, like were you ready to go like two weeks ago?" He's like, "Oh hell yeah, I was I was good to go. I was just like you know basically forced to rest." So I'm glad that the Raptors are taking those steps. I think it is time for him to play and get some rhythm. Like okay. you, you can't just be resting all the time. I mean, he got yeah, a, okay. he got like a two three week rest or whatever it was. Now it's time to come get your rhythm back and kind of glide into the All Star game and come strong for the last half of the season or the last third of the season. But so are, I, I, are you going to be better? I don't think it's like a flow thing for him. It's really just a physical thing, right? Don't you think? Like physically, he doesn't look right. He's not fast. He's not quick. Him and Van Vliet both. Van Vliet right now looks very limited physically, but Lowry especially. Lowry has an extra burst that usually he can get to the rim. He can have this little quickness. He can elevate for his jump shot. And right now, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, he, he. I don't know how much to attribute it to like physical yeah. not being well versus just not having played and not being in rhythm. I didn't think he was laboring too much. I think he was just missing a lot of the shots he usually makes. Like his step back... Threes are not going right now. Even yeah. his wide open looks that he gets on the on the on the on the flanks aren't aren't happening. But I think those will take time. I'm not too worried about those because I think he's shown that he can make those shots. And if you give him enough rhythm and he's healthy enough, he'll he'll do it. So I think the Raptors have done overall a pretty good job of managing Kyle Lowry. I'd say let's wait from now till the All Star break to see mm-hmm. where he lands. There's still some time. I think he will pick up his shooting, and hopefully he comes back in you know mid Feb, and that March period is where we kind of see him shine, and we enter the postseason healthy. Um, I think the Raptors have done a pretty good job of like managing the hurdles they've seen from an injury perspective this season. And I know Kyle's not shooting well, but I think that's just part of the process of getting him ready for the postseason. Um, okay, let's look ahead to the playoffs. Right, we know what Kawhi is going to do. Right, it's been nice having an. Like an actual reliable number one option, right? Demar just wasn't able to do that. Um, but how much do we actually need out of Kyle Lowry? Because he will be the secondary option. Last year in the playoffs, he averaged like seventeen point five points per game, shot like fifty percent from the field, forty percent from three, like pretty good, like eight assists as well. Like if he can do that while Kawhi is doing his thirty points a game, is that enough to go yeah. through most of the playoffs? I I, th- I think so. I, I think this this won't come down to whether Kyle can perform. You have to assume that he will perform. I think he's. We're gearing up. Okay, but how much of Kyle do we need? Whatever we got last year, at the minimum, is what at we the need. minimum. Okay. At the minimum, I think this year we have Siakam and we have you know other players who are who have stepped up. Um, I when when I look at our like playoff constraints, what can kill this team in the postseason against the Boston game, game was a good example. Is where do we get our what's our three point shooting situation like? Right, and if you're if you're on the market for a trade, I don't think we need to go get Bradley Beal, right? Okay. I, I think that's that's a home run. That th- there's a lot of issues with that chemistry wise. Uh, what you're giving up, you, you're just basically reshuffling the entire team midway through the the season. I, yeah. I think there's a high, it's a high risk move, even though Beal is a pretty good player, as we saw you know a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, I'd say you look at a guy like C.J. Miles. Yeah, you need him to step up. Like he's doing he, it recently. He's doing it recently, but do you will feel comfortable of putting no. your eggs in the CJ Miles basket? No, he would, look. Let's remember, he was also really bad in the playoffs last year. 
Yeah, I, 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 I for sure remember that. That's yeah. why I'm, I don't feel And he comfortable. can't defend. That's the issue. If you, It's not even like he's a shooter, but he can't hit shoot shots. Like, at least you could, if you can defend and you can move around, you could still be useful. He can't defend. So you can't play him at all. So, so it, it's it's there that I look at like the bench support. Do we get any you know scoring from there? Is the bench consistent? I think that can kill us in the in the postseason. Uh, hopefully, what do you think, Siakam? You think he can produce at the same levels he has in the regular season in the postseason? Um, chances are probably not. Not to the exact same levels. Um, I think there's a couple of things that are probably going to cut off. Just a, there's not as much transition game in the playoffs, and obviously you know Pascal gets a lot of his points through transition, but. Um, I also think that teams are, I mean, you're starting to see different schemes from him now, right? Like the Suns full out double teamed him the whole game, even though he had 10 points. Um, but he, they double teamed him the whole game. I mean, part of that was because Kawhi was not there, so they could do that. But teams are really prepared for Pascal now in a way that, you know, it just wasn't there in November when he was taking teams by surprise and scoring 20 all the time. I still think he can be productive. Like I'm thinking like 12 to 13 points and not like the 15 points a game he's doing right now. Um, but I think... In terms of just in a more granular level, right? Like, you're going to have, in the playoffs, probably 38, 40 minutes of Kawhi per game, right? That means there's eight minutes when Kawhi, eight to ten minutes where Kawhi is not on the floor. And you need a number one option. And in, in those ten minutes, that's when I think you need Kyle and also Siakam. Some combination of the two of them to step up. Maybe Ibaka as well. Ibaka's scoring has really jumped up as well. And I guess JV, when he's healthy, he can score. But um, realistically, the shot creation portion when Kawhi is not on the floor is going to have to come down to Kyle. And so can Kyle create in those 10 minutes against bench lineups? Like if you think of Kyle going up against Marcus Smart against in Boston, you know, or like going up against George Hill in Milwaukee. Do you think uh, Siakam's game is conducive to the half court? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's I, not like the most yeah. effective as uh, uh, he's obviously better in open court, but he's doing enough things now where even just his energy and sort of how athletic he is, it's really hard for teams to really box him out, and he's gonna score. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about Siakam's productivity being, you know, too dipping in the, in, in the postseason. Um, I did you, you you watch Celtics game obviously. Yeah. Did you look at that game as a? barometer to measure yourself on how ready we are for the postseason uh i look at almost all big games in that way but i didn't really feel too upset by that one just because um i feel like og would have made a huge difference in that game like the way when gordon hayward went off i think that's that was a big swing in the game 34 17 in the second quarter when gordon hayward is going off because norman powell and delon Wright were too short i'm just thinking you know you you would normally have og in that situation and then you negate that and it's a much closer game what did you think yeah I thought we missed JV in that game. That, I think that some, too, yeah. somebody made a post on the site about uh, how we missed JV's defense in it, and I thought that was a good point because I think he, JV does clog the lane and he does give you that rebounding that you know sometimes Boston got a couple of offensive boards which hurt us. Yeah. So I think he he negates that aspect of things. I think I think I think we missed him, but I I'd also feel I feel weird like always making some sort of excuse saying oh yeah we we just didn't have our our full strength squad that's why we lost this game. I think we we've come come to that a couple times this sure. season, and Boston was same thing. Yeah, sure OG would have made a difference. But I, I I still feel in 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 the fourth man it was you know Kawhi got picked on that one play like when he was like over dribbling the ball basically yeah like the offense seemed to have at that point said okay just take it to Kawhi yeah like we're going through Kawhi and it's one on one forget about everything else so that I didn't like that too much and but that's been a season long trend like they've yeah. always gone ISO Kawhi yeah is is, is that is that a feasible strategy um. 
I think it's it's feasible, but you have to compare it to the other options that are out there, right? Like, if you look at Kyrie, for example, it's not like the Celtics weren't giving the ball to Kyrie every possession, but Kyrie's dynamic in a way where he can, like, pass and playmake. You know, he hit those crazy shots, like the one from the logo, but he also hit, like, Al Horford for a couple of, like, pick-and-pop jumpers and stuff, and, like, that's the kind of stuff where Kawhi's not as dynamic, where... If Kawhi's holding the ball and he's closing the game for you, it's only Kawhi shooting the basketball. And, and and that's why I think we just came back to the point of why Kyle Lowry is so important. Yeah. Right? In those situations, Lowry can do a lot. Not a lot more than Kawhi, but he can involve people better than Kawhi can. Sure. Uh, and and, and I, just, I just feel like that's – those are the situations where we need Kyle to be Kyle. And and – our approach in Boston, obviously Kyle's still kind of injured and whatever, yeah. not playing well. So I, I get why we did what we did, but it kind of emphasized how important Lowry is to this um, to this team. Um, that three, the dude, oh hit, my God. What, what's his name? Uh, the, the their center man, top of the key, the guy from Detroit, Aaron Baines. Oh, yeah, Baines, yeah, uh, yeah. That that hurt, man. Yeah, he looks ridiculous. He's like splitting his legs. Yeah, yeah. That 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 three yeah. killed it. Yeah, I mean, he's Baines is really important for the Celtics. I feel like I, mean, I just feel like look, the one the, the one thing with Boston is I'm not as concerned about Boston as I am with a team like the Bucks because like Boston's relying on older players, right? Like a guy like Horford, he's been he's had a bad knee. He's basically their Kyle Lowry in terms of like Kyle's got a bad back, so he's been inconsistent. And Horford's had some really bad performances this year, but you know if you look at it, they don't have anyone beyond besides Horford. Like they can't start Baines. And who else do they have, right? So, like, it's the front court that's a little bit weak. And I think the one thing that I've actually been pretty encouraged by is how much Ibaka has succeeded against the Celtics. I think he scored over 20 in all three series ma- uh, matchups. After every big game Ibaka has, I'm like, don't use up all this in the in the regular season. Save some for the postseason. Because I feel mm, that okay. he's playing so well that, like, something's got to give at some point. And, and, Jesus, he's been – like, his jump hook it's so when good he gathers now. is just – bang on yeah like it's got the right height like he's not forcing it yeah no chance of getting blocked he's not pushing off his shoulder he's even in a good position to get the offensive rebound if he yep. misses like yep. he's he's thought that one through pretty well i just like they're playing so well that it's making me nervous this is i think this is a raptor <laughs> it, it, it's, <laughs> it's a, a problem that i haven't right? had before <laughs> or i don't think anybody have any, anyone upset. no this is what happens when you get disappointed in the playoffs a couple of times um I mean, in terms of the rest of the roster, it's not as important, but with Norman Powell and CJ emerging off the bench, I feel like that really just gives the Raptors a little bit more flexibility in terms of what they want to do with the trade deadline, right? Because for me, the way Norman is playing, I, I, to me, that makes DeLon Wright completely expendable. And if DeLon's expendable, then you can package it with hopefully CJ can bust out of his funk and I don't know if he can recoup trade value, but maybe establish something where it's like, hey, he could still play NBA basketball, just not very well, um, then you can maybe turn that into a, a trade package where if you want to go target another backup guy, uh, you know, a shooter off the bench, maybe a big off the bench, like anything, really. Like, I think there is an opportunity there. What kind of trades are you looking for in terms of just... Three-point shooting, man. That's it? Like Wayne Ellington. I mean, yeah. that's that's my target, I'd say. I think I mentioned before we kind of missed out on Kyle Korver. I think there was a window where yeah, he was, was sort of available. And uh, that went off the. Where's uh, James Jones when you need him? He's uh, he's <laughs> running the Suns as LeBron's personal piggy bank, man. You want Tyson Chandler? I'll buy him out right now. That's LeBron is. It's really crazy how much influence LeBron has over the NBA. Yeah. I don't think MJ was like this. 
Yeah, I think the media wasn't there, so you couldn't influence through the media as yeah. much as uh, like LeBron look at this is. Anthony Davis thing, right? Yeah. It's like he's got another year plus on his contract, but LeBron's just like, man, Anthony Davis is pretty good, and then like for weeks, it's just the media being like, wow, AD could get traded to the Lakers for Brandon Ingram. Yeah, but that's just the media doing its thing, right? That's not even LeBron. Le- I know, but the, the I media, like media is really helping LeBron at almost every yeah. single opportunity. Yeah, it's the, the, the yesterday yeah. I was watching. This is completely off tangent, man. Um, I was watching this clip on YouTube where I think in the 60s or 70s, maybe um, some reporter asked uh, Paul McCartney, hey, how many times have you done LSD? And he got it was it was like a, open, a press conference, basically. And and McCartney was like 23, maybe at the time. And he goes like four times. And he answered truthfully. Right. He just yeah. was like four times. And then the media took that and just made a massive deal about it. Like, oh, man, he's setting a bad example for, you know, for kids and so on. Mm. And then there was a follow-up interview where uh, they asked, like, Paul, like, don't you feel any responsibility, like, for this? Because people look up to you. He's like, dude, I just told you, you know, when you asked me the question, I had had an option of lying or telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And I told the truth. And now that this is a big deal, it's not really on me. It's on you. Like, you're the one who's bringing it up. For, for me, like, it would have been totally cool if, like, you and I knew that I did LSD four times. You're the one who's, like, trumpeting to, like, the entire country. So all this this hoopla, this yeah. this thing is really not on me. It's on you, the media. And it shut the news. He didn't call the media. He called the newspaper man. Because okay. back yeah. then, that's sure. all you had. Uh, but it was a good like, it's a good way to look at it is that, like we said, LeBron's influencing it. Like, LeBron just maybe said a couple things. And mm-hmm. the media just takes it to a whole new level. Yeah. And it's not even LeBron's fault. Like, if you're saying collusion or those kind of things, totally not LeBron's fault. Like, okay. if he make a, if he had a, had a compliment to a peer, yeah, that does not mean that he's, you know, coaxing him to join the uh, join LA. It's just the media. I think he knows though. Loop. I think he knows how the media is going to react, and he kind of uses that. Still on the media, part. I feel. Well, Still on the media. Yeah. It'd be great if we had media standards, but. Uh... Clearly, there are. You're in the media. Are there media standards? Hell no. Are you kidding me? The standards are get your money while you can. Um, (laughs) What else is going on? Do you trust this Norm thing, by the way? Like the fact that Norm's actually playing well consistently? Yeah. I I think I've been a Norm supporter for quite some time. Uh, What have you seen from Norm? Well, I've also seen his finishing has gotten a lot better. Yeah. So he, if you notice, instead of just throwing the ball violently off the backboard. (laughs) Every time he's within four feet of it, he has this the worst part he, of his game. He actually cups it now. Like he yeah. actually makes a concerted effort of like moving his uh, hand under the ball, uh-huh. right, and like laying it off the glass rather than just like throwing a fastball at the rim. Yeah, uh, that's one thing. I also think his. I think he's changed how his first step works. Okay. Um. I think off the bounce, he, like his his right step, I've noticed is that he, he just seems to get more separation on his first yeah drive to the rim than he did maybe even last year. Keep an eye on that. I almost I almost feel like it's it might be his second step because he he slows down a lot more than before because it was before it was like first step was quick and then second step he's bursting and jumping off mm. that leg. Mm. Now I don't know he he'll take a third fourth step in, in the lane and he'll. Mm. There's a there's a real craft to what he's doing. You yeah, know? he's definitely taken the uh, what's that dribble called? The gather dribble. Yeah, yeah, no, the he's taken that to a whole new, whole yeah. new level. I I love Norman. I think I, I yeah. think he's a he's a decent player, and I think if it makes Delon Wright dispensable, so be it, man. That's a good problem to have. 
Yeah. Because Wright's out of contract. I don't think we're going to pay him. No. And um, if he can just play well. For they the- tried to pay him in the summertime, and he was he, he turned down the extension. So apparently. What did he turn down? Uh, we don't know what the number was, but I, apparently they did talk an extension, and he said, no, nah, I'm going to wait. Oof. Wait for what? You're like 27 years old, and you're hitting free agency <laughs> for the first time, and you're restricted. Wow. That's that's not a good decision. I was going to say, because DeLon has not had a stellar year by any means. He's had some good games, but. That's it, really. He disappears in a lot of games. All right. His value definitely has gone down. If his value in the summer was a bit of mystique and mystery in yeah. what's packaged in this player, I think some of that mystique has unfolded and yeah. revealed a player that is not – like he definitely has room for improvement and is a bit flawed in terms of his yeah. shooting and all that. So b- bad move on his part. Yeah. But, Unless they lowballed him, which, which is Well, totally th- that's also quite possible, I think. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's not a, it's not a bad trade asset to have, to be honest, because you're, you're probably not going to get too much from him. But that Ellington thing, I mean, he's got that connection with Dwayne Wade in Miami. His brother played in Miami forever. I could, see, and Miami doesn't really have that many good point guards. Like I could see it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's end the show with a couple of questions. Twitter? We're going Twitter? No, no, no. I got some questions in my email inbox that I always forget to answer, so I'm finally going to clear those out. First one's from M Turner. Is a lifelong Raptors fan who now lives in Sweden. Um, first one, would you take a third place seed to end the season if that meant Larry was in perfect health? Answer M. Turner, Miles Turner over here. Um, third seed, and we're playing who in the, in, in the first round? Uh, uh, that? Or, or sorry, in the second. When, when do we play Milwaukee? In the finals or in the second round? I think that's what it is. I want to play Milwaukee as late as possible. Exactly. I think that's what matters. Okay. So if it was the th- if we were in the third seed right now, the Raptors would play Brooklyn in the first round. Not bad. Not not necessarily. Well, it's actually we, we'll beat them. We'll beat Brooklyn. Well, we'll they'll definitely beat Brooklyn. We'll, we'll sweep we'll, Brooklyn. We'll, 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 we'll sweep, sweep Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, but, like if if we're at a position where we can say we're going to sweep Brooklyn. Yeah. I know they've been playing well. <laughs> we'll sweep Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Given a choice, then hold on between Brooklyn, Miami, Charlotte, Detroit, Washington. Which team are Brooklyn. you? Brooklyn's probably the most likely. Yeah, yeah. I probably the most likely to face Brooklyn because they didn't have a player like Kemba Walker in Charlotte. At least Kemba will give you like thirty-eight one game and keep it close. It, like all the teams you named have a have have a dynamic player that you're a little bit scared of, and is probably better than their counterpart on the Raptors. With the with the Nets, I just don't see who that is. Yeah. Okay. And then second round, the Raptors will play winner of Philadelphia and Boston, which is fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I'd rather I think, do that than Milwaukee second. I think it's great if Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, or what have you, play each other in the first round. Mm-hmm. It would be very convenient. And in the second round, they face each other again. I think that would be an ideal situation for us. So what yeah. I'm saying is go Pacers. Okay, go Pacers. I can't believe they're the three seed right now. They're not that good. Every <laughs> no, time we not. play the Pacers, I'm like, how is this team so good? I don't, I don't watch much Pacers. But there's two teams I almost watch none of, uh-huh. and that's Indiana and Detroit. Oh, man. You should watch Detroit sometime. It is, it's so depressing. Yeah. The Blake Griffin will have like 20 points in the first half. They'll have a 10-point lead. And then third quarter, they always blow it. Yeah. No, and then Jose Caldwell plays 20 minutes a game still. They're just usually a better game on league pass than, than Detroit. Mm-hmm. All right, another one from Turner. All right, he's got three here. No, oh, four actually. More popular in the past, but would you trade JV for Robin Lopez today? 
I would say no. And this is uh, from someone who... Robin Lopez? Yeah. No. Hell no. Yeah, no. No, what? Why? Like, I think... You, you, you could clear JV salary off next year's books. I'm talking from a basketball perspective. Then no. There's absolutely no way. Have you seen Robin Lopez shoot a hook shot? He yeah. shoots it from here. Like, from under his shoulder. Robin Lopez is great for when he comes to Toronto and he has a gag thing with the Raptor. Yeah. Because they got a thing going on and they film a funny video once in a while. That's about it. Now, Brooke Lopez in Milwaukee. Yeah. Is, it, he might be the best shooting center in the NBA right now. It's it's hard to argue. Unless you're going with some of these power forward type centers. No, I'm talking about like a center center, like yeah. a JV center. It's like probably him and Towns. That's yeah. it. And I, and I bet you Lopez shoots a higher percentage. I yeah. would imagine. And Lopez yeah. makes three million. Towns makes thirty. Yeah. Yeah. And and how and how old is Lopez? He's probably like thirty now. So he he's set for a decent deal next year. Yeah, you would hope so, but who knows? But that was a that was a great bit of business by Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. really good. Um, although if he ever got hurt again, the Bucks are fucked. They have nobody else. Ilyasova. Yeah. No. Come on. I'm no longer scared of Ilyasova, man. I know he used to be a raptor killer, but Pascal kills him every time now. Yeah. Um, what was this? Would you trade Norman Monroe for Lopez? I'm assuming this is still Robin Lopez. No. Who's this guy who's infatuated with, with, with Robin Lopez? He lives in Sweden. He loves Robin Lopez. Is Robin Lopez Swedish? I, I don't know if he's Swedish. Okay. I think he's just overseas. No. No. There's, no right. Get this Robin Lopez talk out of the way, He's man. originally from KW. What a random guy to just like talk about <laughs> on the podcast. Robin Lopez. All right. Last one. What would it take to get Beal? Any trades I can come up with will cripple the bench beyond repair. It's not going to happen. Would you agree? Okay. So, so here's who I would be willing to give up for Beal. Yeah. OG. Yep. Norm. Yeah. Okay. DeLon. Yep. And JV. Okay. I'd say... Yeah. And I'd that say... Is, that is most of the bench. I hesitated on the JV part because um, I still think we need a big guy for rebounding purposes okay. when Ibaka's like not feeling it. Because Monroe is not it. And by the way, I, I didn't mean ship all of them together for Beal, just to be clear. Okay. I'm saying like pick two of those guys yeah. and throw a pick in and then maybe you get Beal. The larger question is: Is Washington in rebuild mode? Like, is, is well, that they've what they've actually come out and just flat out said we're not going to rebuild? Their owner Ted Leonsis was just like, "No, we're not rebuilding." Period. But that's like a you know the vote of no confidence, which you know well, a vote of confidence really means vote of no confidence. This is might be one of those situations. I mean, hopefully. like he, he may not have a choice after the season. I mean, I think they would like to move John Wall, but I don't think John Wall is movable. Mm-mm. Yeah, John Wall has a great agent. Yeah, man. That's like $170 million. And he's got a trade kicker. Yeah. yeah oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's some good negotiating, that, that man. That's good negotiating. Yeah. That, 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 it's, I, I, get, I bet you 100% that DeLon Wright's agent is not the same as John Hall's <laughs> agent. Um, all right. And then this is an, another mailbag question again from my email, which I guess you can email me questions if you want to. But What's your email? It's uh, William at RaptorsPublic.com. Oh, damn. We gave you an email? Nice. Yeah, yeah. It looks more professional than my other ones. So, um, it's in my it's in my Twitter bio. If you want to email me there, but um, that's one from Sandy. How many games out of the first forty two would you guess the Raptors have had a higher three point shooting percentage than the opponents? Percentage, uh, I'd say. It says I'll let you look it up. I'm sorry, Sandy. I'm not going to do that much work for the podcast. Um, I, but I will say that the Raptors have been outshot in. Sixty-five percent of the games. Yeah, it sounds right. 
Yeah. Sounds right. I was going to say, like, definitely, they've been outshot more than they've shot, shot other people. The fact that he's even asking that question makes me think that the number's actually, like, higher. I think maybe, maybe. 80% of the games How would you outshot. even look this up? That's not an easy thing to look up. Well, no, I think I think it's a little Excel magic. Download okay. the basketball reference uh, game logs and do a little comparison. Can't be that bad. That's for you to do. That's not. Yeah. That's, that's something I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, the, they're saying that they're pretty much locks to win games when it happens. And I think it's true. Look at the Grizzlies game. That was a close game. Raptors can hit any threes at all. I think we've just gotten used to the fact that the Raptors can hit open threes, which is really annoying. But I mean, right now you trust Danny. Obviously, Danny has been just like, what is he like the second coming of Anthony Parker basically? Oh, I think he dwarfs Anthony Parker. You think man. so? Oh, for sure. He's better than Anthony Parker by in, a distance, in what? man. In defense, I think, maybe. Danny Green and Anthony Parker? Yeah. Uh, maybe I have too much fond memories of Anthony Parker. Send me straight on Anthony Parker, because this is what I remember Anthony Parker being. A- Anthony Parker was uh, Schofield from Prison Break. Okay. Right? Anthony Parker, was a very, he had a smooth <laughs> jumper. Yeah. He had a bit of a turnaround game. Yeah. Because he had some good form in his shooting. He could dribble. He could dribble. He wasn't like super quick. He was crafty. No, but neither is Danny. I call him crafty. Um, Danny Green is definitely a better defender. Okay. I think yeah. he's better in the in on the break. He's also okay. better at moving without the ball, and I think he cuts way better than Anthony Parker. Anthony Parker is a better individual scorer. Yeah. Like if you if you go like if you had to make a post up against a shorter player, I'd go with Anthony Parker because he knows how to use his height to his advantage. Okay. But as a player, I would take Danny Green over Anthony Parker. Okay. Yeah. You know, That's fair. Pretty consistently. That's fair. Okay, but aside from Danny Green and obviously Kawhi Leonard, who is a reliable three point shooter on the Raptors? Because everyone else is kind of like very up and down. Fred, I guess, when he's healthy, is actually a pretty good shooter, but Yeah, I mean so who's supposed to be or who is? Who is? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you named them all. That's it. Yeah, but I think if you say who was supposed to be, yeah. I'd say CJ and yeah. even OG. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle, for sure, should be in that category of like around 35 to 40, yeah. right between that range. Like you, you need like four guys maybe on that range in today's NBA. And right now the Raptors don't really have that. We okay. have like two. So if you have this many guys struggling, do you feel like it might be a coaching issue? Or like a system issue? Not even an issue. Maybe it's... A systematic problem. If four guys are having a slump at the same time, you know what I mean? That's a, that's a good question, man. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel the looks that they are getting are... Not bad. They're not bad. It's, yeah. it's not like they're forcing bad threes up. Right. They're, they're, isn't it some stat that like measures this on how open you are? I, I, are I'd, imagine, yeah. I, I'd imagine they're getting some pretty decent looks. They're getting decent looks. I think they're top 10. Especially like Fred. Like Fred's looks are always... I, I think the defense is also laying off Fred a little bit, so his, yeah. his looks seem to be pretty good. Um, no, I, I don't think it's a coaching issue. Okay. But do, do you? Uh, not, not really. Not really. I think part, a lot of it is just CJ is shooting so poorly. Yeah. And then Kyle is shooting so poorly. I think everyone else is sort of just a little bit below average, but I think that's because for a guy like Serge, he's, you see him in practices though. Like all he's practicing is that mid range pick and pop mm-hmm. and hook shots. That's yeah. it for like hours. That's what he's doing. He's not really shooting the three as, as much as before. Right. What, what, what do you think OG practices on? Um, you know, buying sneakers, Balenciaga.com, probably. <laughs> like, what's his? What, what's the area of his game where the coach tells him, "Oh, gee, man, you got to work on this over the next like month." You know what it is? I I want him to almost do like a a dance, like a go go to like the underground, you know, in downtown Toronto, and, and get some dance lessons just to get more coordinated. Yeah, he seems kind of yeah. like weird. His legs are almost independent of his body. Yeah, 
I like how he feels the need to go up with both hands for a layup when one hand would do. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what you want. That's what you want out of a, a future player that we're calling Kawhi Leonard. I, I was watching him the couple of weeks ago, man, and I was like, what is what is preventing this guy from like reaching Siakam's levels? Coordination. Look, at, look how coordinated Pascal was despite yeah. having ridiculous arms and He's mm-hmm. playing so fast, but he's under control for the most part. Yeah. Whereas when OG spins and drives, like he's just he's not as coordinated. Yeah, and I also feel like he's good at many different areas, but not great at anything. Like he's okay. Maybe he needs a little bit more. And I, Nick Nurse obviously has probably knows all this shit. Like, I feel he doesn't have a go-to offensive move. Yeah, he definitely doesn't. Right, he doesn't have like one move that you're like, oh, OG doing that. Yeah, and I know it's early in his career, super early, but at, at some point, at least you gotta you gotta show a little something that this is your one thing. Like, like even Norm yeah. had that like in, in his in his first year, like he had the drive and finish or yeah. the uh, drive hard layup off the backboard. Yeah, that's whatever. the go to move. It's, for it's like eighty percent of a shot. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I would say that out of, in comparison to Norm and even a guy like Pascal, like OG just doesn't have the ball in his hands very much. Yeah. And I think right now, I think he's definitely worked on a couple of things where he wants to do things with the ball. So, like, he always takes an extra second to think about it. Like, he rarely immediately passes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, Who's the highest IQ guy on the Raptors? I think OG is probably actually a really smart guy. But are you talking about, like, basketball IQ or just regular IQ? No, no, no. Basketball IQ. Uh, okay. No, no. Not, not like oh, uh, not their SATs. Kyle Lowry is the smartest player on the team. Yeah, I think guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. Like so, so I, I, I tend to agree, man, because I think I feel Kyle. Look at and, Kyle. And, and he's not he, even. He's shorter than me. I, yeah. I, how is he succeeding in the NBA? Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense to me. He's not athletic. He doesn't really finish. He doesn't have like crazy skill moves. He just gets by on craft. Like that's how he takes so many charges. I, 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 I find yeah. that when Kyle is running the point, players have a higher expectation that if they move, they will be found. Yes. Right, so they, the ball movement with Kyle, like just probing the defense, is higher. I remember this, like I think it was against, I forget, um, I think it was a game we lost, and I totally blanked out right now. But he was stuck underneath the, the basket, and like Ibaka knew to cut at the right moment, and he just found him, yeah, two guys at the baseline on him, and he just like whipped the ball to like Ibaka who finished with a duck. And I'm like, that's the kind of shit that you will not see someone like Fred do, right? Th- that, yeah. that There's a lot of, of stuff that Kyle does that I know, Fred doesn't I know, do. I know. But, but, but that's yeah. the kind of kind of action Kyle forces on the court. Like he, he, he forces you to move and be active. Whereas even when Kawhi's handling the ball or, uh, or, or Fred's handling the ball, the team is in a bit of a wait-and-see approach. Yeah. Whereas with Kyle, it's like, we got to move. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good way to put it. Zarrar. Those are for the podcast. Yeah, man. What are you plugging these days? Oh, congratulations on uh, the 2 0 win. 2 0 win against Chelsea. Yes. That's, that's good. That, that was, was, uh, that was a big one, man. Did Chelsea even get a shot on net? Um, I don't know. I, they didn't I don't really look at, all. at the, um, the opposition stats. Okay. I, I don't look at any soccer stats. Do you look at stats? No, not soccer? really. The soccer really, stats right? are kind of trash. But I yeah. do look at shots and stuff. Yeah, I, I think I look at uh, the, the one, the only soccer stat that I kind of am. Uh, what? Focusing a little on it is this thing called uh, XG. I like XG. Yeah. yeah, but it's you know what it is. Every time I look at XG, I feel bad. It's like oh man, Liverpool lost despite having a 
three point despite winning the XG battle, three point one to zero point eight six. Liverpool barely loses anymore, man. I know. Is, is there a basketball equivalent of XG? So we should explain what XG is. Yeah, it's expected goals, and it's based. On, I think it's really just based on um, where you are shooting the. Like the shot, is it? Does it even? Is it even relative to the rest of the players on the field? No, I, I think th- what they've done is they've said if you have a if you take a shot from this position, yeah, and this is the situation on the on on the field right now, you're expected to score. Like like okay, you yeah. maybe you you know maybe you should have sent the keeper the wrong way, right? Like right. you had a good enough chance. It was a one on one. Most people usually score here. You didn't. Mm. That's an expected goal, and you you fell short. Right. I, I don't think it's it's mathematical i don't think there's like a mathematical model which determines that i think it's more like it's like an nba shot chart yeah except that some guys i think is making a judgment that you should have scored okay sure yeah yeah Uh, i think it's from whoscored.com yeah Uh, a basketball equivalent is is like open threes basically like uh, yeah basically right you know so like how many open shots did you miss and for the raptors that's like 30 a game (laughs) (laughs) i hate i i I don't know, man. What are what are we at in the standings? Number one, number two. We're like zero point five yeah. behind Milwaukee, even though we have two more wins. Number. Yeah, it's only because we got one more loss. But yeah. uh, man, hey, hey, the hey, team look. The Raptors are good. This is the thing. There's nothing really to worry about. The Their Raptors defense is good. Amazing. The defense is good. They're so good at like finishing at the basket. Now they're so good, and they're probably the best mid range team in the league. You got Kawhi. You got Serge. Even Pascal and like the you know uh, interior baseline type of mid-range like he's good at that stuff too it's just a three-point shooting if they could hit threes this team is gonna win i, I think that was sandy's point i i wrote a post in december looking to january and said i think at by the end of january we should have a there's enough tests in january to give us an idea of like how good this team is and i called out the san antonio game which was blah right they didn't whatever yeah. whatever happens indiana which we beat yeah. milwaukee who we beat boston which i think we really should have won it looked like they ran out of gas. After, yeah. after Kyle Lowry ran up the floor and took that stupid-ass three, <laughs> the team just checked out. It was like, no, I'm, I'm not winning this game. And th- I think there's one more game coming up this month. That's Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. End I think, I think that's that's the game that I think I'm it's circled in that's my calendar. In, in the ACC, too. So and it, I think it's also got a national TV audience. Sure, yeah. Uh, which always And Hubie Brown, you could tell that. Uh, dude, I, I saw the ESPN uh, feed for the Celtics game. And you can tell when Hubie Brown is like really into a game. Yeah. And I think even the last time we were we played uh, Boston, it was on TNT or on whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was calling it and super into it. Yeah. And he goes like he goes he goes to his uh, his his play by play guy. He's like, we don't always get good games, man. But this right here, <laughs> this is a good game. Yeah, no, he's and it was man. Like I, I know fucking we lost, but shit, watching that, it was court, very very just, good. Just a good playoff atmosphere, tense. Every possession counts. Yep. Just love that basketball. And man. to make to bring a full circle, right? All these games where the Raptors have been really close and they have lost, it's not Kawhi's fault. Kawhi's always had 30, 35, 40 points. It's really just like in that Milwaukee game when Kyle Lowry had zero points. It's like if Kyle Lowry had three points, the Raptors win that game. This Boston game, if Kyle Lowry hit a couple more jumpers, they win that game. And it really comes down to that same variable, which... This is what the season's shaping up to be. Because you can't replace Kyle at all. It's not like you I can mean, get a guy who's going to be secondary scorer behind I Kyle. I mean, can you, like, blame people like that for a loss? I mean, I guess I, I guess, I, I, I guess, it's cool to, like, blame your star players for a loss because yeah. they're expected to produce. But it'd be weird to say, like, hey, man, we lost this game because of Fred Van Vliet. Um, yeah. 
But Kawhi did have a couple of, like, he had that turnover, man, where he got picked yeah. off. Like, th- that really bugged me. I mean, maybe it's one of those situations where, like, when, when a, you just got to say man on. Like, nobody said man on to him. And yeah. just, anyway, let's just move on from the Celtics. Yeah. We'll get him next time. Yeah, let's, we'll get him next time. All right, Zarar, thank you. All right, man. What are you going to plug? Anything? Plug? No, I got nothing going on. Yeah, you're a real life person. You're not an online person. I like gotta, most people that come on this podcast. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> if you want nothing in your feed, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> All right, we'll All be right. back next week for the podcast. There's no place like home for the holidays or homedepot.com for holiday decor with great low prices on decorations inside and out like artificial Christmas trees to light up the living room, outside lights and playful inflatables that bring joy to the neighborhood. Order online and you'll even get free delivery. Holiday decorating improved with a wide assortment of holiday decor from homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Free standard shipping on most online orders over $45. Some exclusions apply while supplies last. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.